Hello, Mountain. How's everybody doing today? Dude, it's a beautiful weekend, isn't it? We're going to have a good time in here. We're going to talk a little bit about bikes and wheels and hubs and spokes today. Okay? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's weird, but okay. Yeah, I, I did a little research on, on some bikes. I found a lot of really cool bikes out there. I know a lot of you uh, have some great bike stories and a lot of fond memories with bikes, but I found, I found a few bikes. I, I found how versatile bikes were. I actually have a picture of some bikes that you might want to add to your, uh, you know, bike collection that you have. Um, here, here's a bike that I thought would be fun to take to Walmart the next time you go. Uh, just, wouldn't that be kind of cool to go up and down the, the hallways there? When I grew up in Minnesota, we had different kinds of bikes there with all the snow and cold. Here's the bikes that we usually rode when I was in Minnesota, kind of a big uh, saw blade on the back, ski on the front kind of thing. You know, some people can't decide whether they want a bike or, or just pound the pavement, you know, and so here's a bike that allows you to do both if you, if you kind of like, like those kind of bikes anyway. Here's a bike for married couples if, um, you know, you're having trouble getting along and just... Kind of each go your own way. It's all right. How many of you ever done something stupid on a bike before? You ever done something stupid? Who's gone over the handlebars before? Everyone gone over the handlebars? Yep. Here's a guy who did something stupid, uh, attempted something stupid on, on a bike. And I don't mean the guy on the bike. I mean the guy on the bottom, on the end of the line. I mean, how stupid is that? It's like, yeah, let's try it. Yeah, I'll be the guy in the end. I found this week uh, that a lot of us have a lot of stories that are associated with bikes, a lot of fond memories. I put out a thing on Twitter and Facebook and an e-note, and everybody responded. I got so many great stories about bikes and memories that we have uh, rolling along on the wheels of our bikes. And uh, uh, a lot of people talked about learning to ride their bike the very first time when they finally got those uh, wobbly going. How many of you remember when you learned how and someone taught you the first time? You get the training wheels and pull the wheels off and training wheels off. And you know, riding a bike isn't that hard. Actually, I've figured out. Um, you know, I mean, almost anybody can do it, as this picture testifies. It's not. It can't. <laughs> can't be that hard. I heard a lot of people who got a bike for their birthday or Christmas or got in the stories about getting their chain stuck or, or a flat tire or getting hurt or buying their first bike. Rihanna talked about how she saved up 40 bucks for, um, for a bike, but it was $65 when she was in ninth grade. And her, and her mom loaned her $25 and they bought the bike, but her mom wouldn't let her ride it until she paid her the other 25 She said it was the first responsible purchase I'd ever made. And she was really proud and she had it for a long time. Another girl saved up $20 for a bike when she was a kid. And then she felt kind of compelled to give $15 away to somebody else. And she did. But then right after that, they found a bike for $5. And she said it was the first time God kind of showed me how his economy really works. A lot of great bike stories, kids. Uh, people telling me about those little plastic uh, straws. Or remember, you take the, how many you took the playing cards and a, and a clothespin, and you get that little click-click-click sound as it goes by on the spokes, right? I had so many uh, fun, fun time telling... Uh, hearing about some of the stories, Kevin Pugsley, you know, told about the time he wiped out, wiped out right in front of the girls and broken arms and falling over the handlebar. Uh, my favorite was um, was Kathy, who said um, <laughs> she was riding a boy's bike and fell off, and it kind of hurt her. She didn't like that bar being there, and so her dad took a hacksaw and cut that bar off. Next time she got on the bike, it folded in half. And <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of good. You know, we have a lot of fondness. In fact, there's a lot of. In fact, this guy here's a picture of a guy who really loves uh, his bike, apparently. Uh, really, really likes it, apparently more than he likes his, his wife. Um, that really does kind of get us to where we want to talk about today. We want to talk about priorities and, and God, not really bikes and wheels and hubs and stuff. We want to talk about God and, and priorities in, in your life and mine. 
And I think bikes will give us a way to do that. Um, I want to, before we do that, I want to kind of just explain a little bit about wheels. Um, I'm not an expert, but I did a little research on spokes and hubs and, and uh, rims and so forth. And, and I, I mean, you could call me today, I'll be your spokesman. Um, so, but I did learn a lot. The history goes way back. A spoke, you know, is that little metal rod that moves from the hub of the wheel out to the rim, and it kind of keeps the two in tension. And it gets to be a lot involved with building a wheel properly. To, to get a wheel built properly, you've got to, to kind of keep in track of the torque that, that transfers between the rim and the hub, between the spoke, and, and then to get a wheel to spin in true. They call it when, it wheels, when a wheel spins evenly without wobbling, it's called being in true true right and everybody wants a wheel that spins in true because it'll spin a long time it'll help you go along if it if it's not in true it's going to wobble it's going to create problems and maybe even throw you off of that thing and 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 in, in a, with a bike when you're when your wheel gets out of true i guess you can just take it into a bike shop but here's where we're going with this you know our lives are a lot like you know a bike right? we're rolling along on some wheels or other and everybody wants a wheel that's that's true that keeps moving and will carry us through life and and when it when we open the scriptures what we discover is that when it comes to the wheels of real life that you and i ride on there are really only three kind of wheels to choose from and everybody chooses one wheel or another everybody does you do i do we have already chosen to this point you can change wheels anytime you want but everybody has one kind of wheel or another. And so the only question is, what kind of wheel are you rolling on in your life? So that, that's kind of what the whole analogy is about, to get to a real serious moment where for the next little while, we can ask a very important question of ourselves, that you would ask a question of yourself. And just say, you know, my life is rolling down the wheel, down the road on one set of wheels or another, what kind of wheel? Well, as I said, God says there's only three kinds. So I want to just explain what each wheel is like. And then you be asking yourself, what kind do I want to have? And what kind do I have right now? Okay? Let me tell you about the first kind of wheel. The first kind of wheel is a wheel without God. It's a wheel, it's a wheel that God's not part of the picture of that person's life at all. When it comes to God, you might call them kind of a foreigner because they just don't have rapport or relationship at all. The motto for this person, their bumper sticker might say, Jesus schmeezes. You know, I, I don't need it. Don't got time for it. Don't need it. It's the person of whom Psalm 14 speaks when it says, this person says, there is no God. They may say there's no God or if there is, I don't want that God in my life. Psalm 10 verse 4 describes this person as a person who has some pride. You know, their own self-importance is uh, and confidence is very high and and so they therefore they don't seek god in all their thoughts there is no room for god i have i have a lot of friends and that that ride their lives on this kind of wheel john and jeff and some others i can mention and um they're smart people they're intelligent thoughtful educated people but they really would just say i don't have room for god i i leave open maybe the question of whether he exists or not i just don't I see it as, as something, I, I'll just roll through life on my own. Verse 6 describes John's attitude. Nothing will shake me. I'll always be happy. I'll never have trouble. Why would I need God? So God's not part of my picture. And by the way, there's an increasing number of people um, that are riding on this wheel these days, you know, in surveys and census uh, questions that ask, what is your religious affiliation? 
uh, uh, there's a vastly increased number of people that are checking the box that says none. Nuns are the fastest growing religious group in America. And I don't mean the kind with the black and white habits. And I want to say, if that's you, if that describes you, kind of where you are at this point, riding on this kind of wheel in your life, you need to know, I want you to hear that you're welcome here. Okay? This is a safe place for you to be and to come. We're, we welcome everyone who's here as a seeker of truth. That's what we're here to do too. And we invite you to come and bring even your doubts, your questions, your, your answers, whatever, you are welcome here. And, and we invite you to be on a journey with us as we're here. So that's the first wheel, a wheel without God. There's another kind of wheel. And it's the kind of wheel um, where a person kind of reacts to that and says, no, I believe in God. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a second. I, I do believe in God. And if my life is a wheel, then I definitely, I want God as one of the spokes on my wheel. So this is a wheel where God is one of the spokes. And with regard to God, this person not a foreigner. They're a friend of God. They know, they know God. They, they, they have that. They're acquainted with God. Their bumper sticker doesn't say Jesus, Jesus. It might say Jesus is my friend. He's definitely, you know, definitely one of my spokes. It's important to have him in my life. Now, let's talk about spokes for a second. Um, spokes are those things, again, that, that kind of support the whole life. And, and we could refer to spokes then as these important components in your life. Think about the important things that go into your life, that are part of your life. And each spoke has to be at the right tension and all of them held in balance. And if they're not, then the wheel wobbles. And that's, we begin to understand that, okay, that's how my life really is too. We, we, can, we can think about that. So let's draw, I'm going to draw the most impressive wheel you've ever seen right about now. There. I should have quit. Oh, I should have stopped. Okay, never mind. You get the idea. Okay? This is a wheel. And spokes then become these important components that make up our life, right? So, for, you know, for example, here's the spoke we could call family, right? Family is an important spoke in our lives. You know, if you're married, that's an important relationship that has to be nurtured and taken care of. If you have children or grandchildren or brothers or sisters, if you live with your parents, your folks are spokes. So you, you, you've got to pay attention to these things and that, that requires some attention. And then we'll just kind of draw another one here we could call friends. This is our social circle, right? Th this is, you know, if you're, anyone is under... 30 right now, you know, you look at your phone at the number of text messages and Facebook posts that have transpired in the last 24 hours, and it gives you an idea of how important this spoke is to a lot of us. This, this is, uh, these are people that you would want to go ride your bike with, right? And then you could draw another spoke here, and we'll call this one work. This is our career, our, our vocation, our sense of, um, identity often comes from this. You know, you say at a party, you know, hey, what's your name? And the next question is, what do you do? And so this spoke, you know, it provides income and security and also it, it, it's related also to kind of this one. Some of you are, 
our students, so I'm just going to write the school spoke in there. That becomes a major part of your work at this stretch and, and, and time of your life. And then there's this, this spoke over here. I'll draw a dollar sign. That's, that's the spoke of, of our finances, right? How important that is to sort of manage that. If we don't pay attention and tune that spoke, well, you're not going to do very well. You've got to have some place to live and you've got to eat and you've got to be able to buy a bike and, and graduation gifts and, and whatever and, and, and so forth, right? So finances becomes an important spoke. Uh, uh, there's another spoke here that we could put. I'll just put fun to stand for this idea that you can't work all the time. There's got to be some uh, recreation and pulling back and re recharging of your back batteries, uh, it'll go fishing or, or ride your bike once in a while. And, and what about the spoke called health? This one gets a lot of attention from some of us, not as much from others of us. But if you ignore the spoke of health, you know, eventually your wheel's going to wobble, you don't get enough rest or exercise, cut down your carbs, ride your bike more. Okay, whatever, that's the spoke of health. We, you know, we, could, we could draw in the spoke of time and just how are we going to spend our time and manage our time. Hey. So you begin to see, does this kind of make sense? How all of these spokes begin to make up our, our life. And all of them at different ways are important. And as they roll around, we have to kind of manage uh, how they work in proper tension. And so what the second wheel is about is a person who comes along and says, man, I, I want to have a spiritual component to my life. I don't want a life without God. God is definitely one of my spokes. And so we add him in so that he becomes a component of this life. And especially as you roll around through your life, sometimes you come to a pothole or something and you're especially going to need that God spoke there to sort of give you some help and attention at that point. It's nice to have that God spoke to call on, this, this kind of wheel would say. So that's, that's the God as one of my spokes wheel. The third wheel is not the, the wheel without God, and it's, it's not the wheel with God as one of the spokes. The third wheel, and honestly, just to cut straight to the chase, this is the wheel God is hoping you'll choose. Because it's the wheel where God isn't forgotten or refused like a foreigner and it's not the wheel where he's one of the spokes like a friend it's the wheel where God is the hub of the wheel where God is right there at the center the hub it's not a foreigner or a friend God wants to be once with regard to God this person is a follower li literally following God's will and way for your life the motto isn't Jesus Mises or Jesus is my friend, but that ancient and most important phrase a person could ever utter. It's the phrase, Jesus is Lord. Lord meaning boss and ruler and authority and uh, you know, a, a king of, of everything in my life. So when Jesus goes into the very center of your life, then He begins to inform and guide and direct each of the other spokes. You see that? Not as one of the spokes, but begins to sort of help us know how to keep all of these in the proper tension so that our lives don't wobble. A person 
who puts God at the hub is inviting Jesus into the very center of your life. Who says, I believe that Jesus lived and loves me so much. He died for me and He lives again for me and now I want to live for Him. And so I'm going to put Him at the center of my life. I'm so grateful. When God is one of my spokes, He rolls around periodically and He kind of comes and goes, but my attention is divided between all of these things and God is one of the things that I pay attention to. But when God is the hub, He's always in my focus and He's helping me learn to think about these in a different way. He's my highest priority. So here's the deal, friends. You've got a lot of spokes in your life. So do I. Maybe you've got more than these. Maybe you've got some different ones. You've probably got all these. I don't know. Here's the deal. Jesus doesn't want to be one of them. He wants to be the hub. The center of your life. That connects and directs all of these things that are important to us. And that that's the best way for us to live. So yes, have a family. Yes, have fun. Manage your finances and all that stuff. But don't forget what Jesus said in Matthew 6.33. He said, seek first. Seek first me and my stuff. And that's what will keep the wheel in true. That, that's what will keep it, you know, rolling right. And all these other things, they'll be added to you. After all, Jesus says in Mark 8, He says, What good does it profit a person to gain the whole world, to get all this stuff, but to lose your soul? What good does it do to profit a person? You come rolling into Judgment Day with a nice family, a nice house, and a 401k, when the only question that will really matter is, was Jesus the hub of your wheel? If Jesus isn't the hub of your wheel, you're rolling into a Christless eternity apart from God. So let me, let me show you in the Scriptures a couple of things that kind of illustrate how this all really works and how true it really is. Luke chapter 9 is a part of the Bible where we've got these three guys who come up to Jesus and they're like, they're all kind of saying, you know, Jesus, I want you in my life. And, uh, you know, expressing that they want to follow. But Jesus, almost like he's, he's aware of how they're saying it with their lips, but he wants to make sure they understand what it means to really have him in their life. And so it's, it's almost like Jesus is saying, do you want me as a spoke or a hub? And so you be thinking about what you mean when you say you want God in your life, if, that's, if you do. And, and, and Luke chapter 9, verse 57, it, it gives us a, the first picture of the guy. One guy, as they're walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, interesting, listen, he says, well, foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. Interesting answer, isn't it? When you say you want to follow Jesus, it's like he's saying, you sure you want to follow me? You know what that means? Are you ready to be homeless, if that's what it meant? Think about your home and how much it means to you. Think of all that it provides for you. Not just shelter, but security and safety and even status. A place of familiarity and warmth. And Jesus is making it clear, am I as important to you as all those things? Would you lay all those aside for me if it came to that? And I love my home. I, I love, I love the, all that it, it makes me feel when I go there. And Jesus just wants to know, do you love me more than that? And he begins to help me understand how he fits into the picture. Jesus said to another guy, come follow me. And the guy says, yes, I want to. He agreed, verse 59. But then he says, let me return home and bury my father, which seems like a reasonable request. My dad died, the funeral's today. Can I at least go to that? (laughs) 
And Jesus' response is, let the spiritually dead bear their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach the kingdom of God. I don't like Jesus very much right now when he says that. That sounds like an unreasonable answer. Can't a guy have a day off or a funeral for crying out loud? It's his own dad. But I think Jesus is helping see the sense of prioritization that is needed. Where's your highest loyalty? Where's your deepest desire? Jesus says, do you love me more than these? And then there's the third guy, verse 61. He says, Lord, I'll follow you, but first I just want to say goodbye to my family and then I'm all in. And Jesus said, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. But Jesus, my family spoke is a really important spoke. Are you saying you're more important than that? And Jesus says, yep. You think of a mother who says, I'll do anything for my kids. A husband who says, I'll take a bullet for my wife. Grandparents or whatever, how important. Do I mean that much to you, Jesus wants to know? That'll tell you what kind of wheel you're riding on. He's asking for devotion above all things, affection and loyalty above all things, above home, your dad, your family, your desires, your security, your loyalty. So Jesus is saying, I don't want to be a side salad as an a la carte option on the buffet of your life. I don't want to be a spoke in the wheel of your busy life. I gave my life for you. Will you give yours to me? Romans 12 says it this way, in light of all the things that God has loved us about, all the love and grace that God has poured into our life, in light of that then, the reasonable thing for us to do is to give our lives back to Him. Crawl on the altar of sacrifice and give Him your life right back. You don't put Jesus at the hub of your life because you should. You don't put Him there because you ought to. You don't put Him there because some preacher said it was the right thing to do. You do it because you finally understand all that God has given to you and you realize not only is it the proper response, but it's the best way to live your life now and it's the only wheel that will roll you on into eternity. That's why you do it. Let me show you another example where all three of these wheels are seen in the same chapter of Scripture. It's Matthew chapter 26. It comes at the end of Jesus' life. First, you can see in verses 3 and 4, you can see the wheel without God. This is, this is the, the chief priests and the religious leaders. And it says they actually are scheming. They want to kill Jesus. They're enemies of God. And there are people like that who live at odds with God. They're, 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 they're antagonistic, they're atheistic, they're agnostic, whatever. I don't need God. And then you see there's some disciples. And they're like, hey, we got the Jesus spoke. We hang out with Jesus. They, they, were, they were friends of Jesus. We have them in our life. We're not like those Jesus haters at all. We're Jesus people. But what you see in the passage is that their devotion is kind of exposed, is kind of thin because a, a third wheel woman comes along and kind of by contrast, you can see the difference. See, this woman comes to this party that they're all at, and she comes up to Jesus, and she is so overwhelmed. She grasps so fully all that God has done to forgive her and set her free, and she's overwhelmed with love and devotion for Jesus. She just wants to, to express it in some super extravagant way that would match what she feels he's done for her. So she takes out some expensive perfume, and she didn't care what it looks like. She didn't care what anybody thinks. She just breaks that thing and, and as a sign of deep devotion, she pours it all over Jesus as an act of worship, a symbolic of her own pouring herself out and acknowledging that he's going to do the same for the whole world when he goes to the cross. And, and the disciples see all this and they, here's their reaction. They're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait a second. Okay, we appreciate that you're all excited about Jesus and everything, but we're, we're, we're followers too, okay? You know, just... 
I don't know why you have to get so carried away. It's basically their answer. And we have to be so radical about it, you know. I mean, we're, we're, we're here too. And uh, besides, if you would keep things in perspective a little bit, they say, uh, you know, we could have taken that same perfume and sold it and started like a benevolence ministry and helped all kinds of people before you had to go be a holy roller and draw attention to yourself by acting all excited like that about Jesus. And there's a lot of, lot of, lot of times that's how people think. We want to be considered in Jesus' camp. So we'll put on a bumper sticker or a cross or talk in religious language or go to church or something like that, but we don't really want to get too radical or too involved or go too over the top. What would people think and what would people say? And it just feels better to sort of keep him as one of the spokes so we kind of keep everything in balance and just kind of keep things rolling and keep, keep it in true that way. So yeah, keep a little religion, but keep it on the side. You know, uh, come to church, hear the songs, but don't necessarily like get into it where you're pretending it's your song to God and you're really pouring your, your heart out to God. You know, hear the sermon, but just let it, don't let it get in and don't let the Word of God get in and just do a major surgery on your heart. You want to roll out of here the way you came in. You don't want it to change you. Pray, sure, but just make it perfunctory, surface level, so it looks like you're religious. You know, pray before a meal. Thank God for the sunshine and go home. But don't pour out your heart in prayer to God or ask God for insight or ask Him to change your life in prayer. Sure, serve once in a while if they invite you or ask you to do something, but don't go over the top. You've got all these other spokes to give your time and attention to. And, and so th- 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 this is, the, this is the, the, the position that a lot of people find themselves in. They don't want to be like that woman who gets all carried away and kind of extravagant and over the top. The problem is Jesus loves it when we get all carried away and over the top about him. And he said to his disciples, she's more of a disciple than you are right now because she gets it. And in fact, he held her up as an example and said, people are going to remember her and talk about her forever. Jesus isn't looking for nominal Christians. He's not looking for lukewarm Christians. He's looking for solid, sold-out ones. Jesus, my friends, He doesn't want to be one of the spokes on your wheel. He wants to be the hub. And from there you begin to surrender influence over each of the important spokes of your life to the Lord. And and, and, And you let the Lord start guiding your marriage and healing your marriage and helping you know how to get through conflict and set goals and dreams and helps you know how to, how to parent your children and how to think about how to relate to your aging parents and those nagging in-laws. And you let Jesus start to inform your friendships, who you're friends with and why and what you do when you're together. And, and you let Jesus start helping you rethink and reframe the whole matter of your work and your employment and, and you want to live your whole life on mission for God, whatever it is you do for a living and your school and why you're doing it and how you do it as your ministry and your finances, what you give, every dime, how, how you live it and spend it for what purposes and what ends and even your leisure, your health, your body, your time, all of it comes under. And there's no secret spokes. There's no, if you have a spoke in your life that can't be joined in to Jesus, Jesus at the hub, then you get rid of that spoke. And you just realize if Jesus is just one of my spokes, my wheel's still going to be wobbly. And you make him your hub. And you realize it's not some punishment or awful sacrifice you're making. Friends, the truth is this is the best life. You want to find your life? Jesus says, put me at the hub. 
Friends, your family gets better when Jesus is Lord. Your friendships get better when Jesus is Lord. Your finances, your fun, your sex life, your work, your school life, every part of it when it's surrendered to Jesus as the hub and you let Him speak into it, it gets better. It makes more sense. You, you will have more joy and peace with Jesus at the hub than you will ever have with Him as one of your spokes. That same chapter, Matthew 26, gives us the most beautiful example of third wheel living. And it's in Jesus Himself when He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and he's, He knows He's going to be betrayed and murdered and He doesn't want to go through with it. Is there any way He prays out and He cries out in prayer to the Father languishing there, God, Father, if there's any way, take this away from me. I don't want to have to do this. And after He pours out His heart, then He falls back in relinquishment and He says, yet not what I want, but what You want. Your will be done. Friends, that's the prayer of a third wheel person where God is at the hub. You actually come to the place where you say, here's what I want, but what I really want is what you want. I want what you want more than what I want. I want what you want more than what I want. In fact, all I want is what you want. So all through scriptures and still today you find all these examples. There are some people who, who said no to Jesus. That's wheel one. There are some people who said yes to Jesus but really didn't live like it. He was just one of their spokes. And then there was people who said, Father, I want what you want. I want you at the center of everything. So which wheel do you want for your life? Which wheel do you think you're rolling on these days? You know, the wheel with God at the center sacrifices a few things in this life for an eternity with Christ. And in heaven, Jesus is very much at the hub. And a wheel without God sacrifices an eternity of joy with Christ for a few things in this life. You can think about several categories of how these wheels play out. Think about power and trust, for example. The wheel without God when it comes to power and trust says, I got the power and I trust in myself. I am the captain of my own fate and I don't rely on others and I kind of take pride in that. I'm confident in my own ability and that's it. The wheel with God as spoke says, no, 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 God has power. I know he can do this and that. He's, he's the God of the universe. But basically, I live my life on my own power and strength and I never really give God any room to demonstrate his ability in my life because I'm pretty much doing it all myself. I just tack on some spiritual platitudes at the end of the day and make it look like I believe in God. But I'm a practical atheist in practical terms. And God as hub is a person who's willing to trust in God and recognizes he's the one with power and I rely on him and his ability. I begin with Him. I live my awareness that I can't even take a breath without Him. I, I remember, apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. When it comes to prayer, the, the, the wheel without God says, prayer, are you kidding? How stupid, why would I bother? The prayer with God as spoke says, well, we better do our homework. We better figure this out and do this on our own. And then we'll pray, you know, to ask God to bless our efforts or to make it look like we included God somehow. And, and God is hub 
prays first and for direction and discernment. And if you hear from God in a beautiful way, He gives direction, He helps you know which way to go. And you still have to work hard and do your homework, but now you've done it with a sense of God's direction. When it comes to money, the wheel without God says, man, I got what I got and it's good. How much can I, you know, how, how much can I keep? The more for me is better. The wheel with God as spoke says, man, I'm blessed. God, thank you for blessing me. And if I get more, I may even give more. What can I spare for God, I wonder? I might be reluctant to do that because I still am held captive by my stuff and I'm afraid God won't take care of me if I'm too generous. But the wheel with God as hub says it's all God's. And if I have more, it's a blessing from Him and it just means I can be a bigger blessing. The question is not how much should I give, but how much should I keep? So I can put as much as possible into play for things that matter in God's, God's mission. When it comes to marriage, the wheel without God is just two people coming together and you're only going to be as strong as the two of you can muster up strength between the two of you and whatever common alliances you might agree on. The wheel with God is spoke when you come to a marriage, you have a little bit of religion thrown in and you hopefully that will draw you together. Half the time it divides us apart as one wants to go deeper than the other or we become unequally yoked and we're not as surrendered but we're vulnerable and weak when God is only a spoke in our, in our marriage. But when Jesus is the hub for both of you, it enables you to have an incredible strength to get through conflict, to have a commitment beyond what your own feeble hearts and commitments can come up with. It gives you an ability to, to, to get love that's way deeper than your feelings. When you fall out of love for one another, you can still be anchored together because Jesus is the hub that holds your marriage even together. The Bible, you can say, if you're a wheel without God, it's a stupid book. Why would I bother full of contradictions? I don't care about it. it, it the Bible, when, 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 when you're a wheel with God as a spoke, you say, well, I, I, really, I really respect the Bible, but you just don't necessarily see it as your story or God's story. And the wheel with God as hub says, my lower story is always part of God's upper story. I know he's up to something, and I, I meet God. I hear from God in the pages of Scripture. And so you see all these areas, they begin, to, they begin to be informed, blessed, guided, filled, and held in proper tension with Jesus right at the center. So that whatever you're doing, when you're at work, when you're at home, when you're at school, how you spend your money, you're always a disciple of Jesus. You're always there. Colossians 3 says this, whatever you do, as the wheel of your life rolls along, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. I was trying to think of a song that would just sum this up. You know, a song that would kind of be perfect for each wheel. Maybe you can think of an example. What would be the song that would come to mind? The one I thought of for the wheel without God would maybe be Frank Sinatra. You know, I did it my way. Yes, my way. You know, I bit off more than I can chew, but I just ate it up and spit it out. You know? I did it my way. And you can tell everybody that I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Well, that's a different song. But it's the same idea. It's the wheel without God. The song that kind of fits, the, you know, that God has spoke might be Blake Shelton's country song that's on the, on the radio right now, The Boys Around Here. How many of you are not too embarrassed to admit you know that song? Go ahead, come on, country fans. You losers, you bumpkins, you. I know it too talks about rednecks down south and how they work hard to get their hands dirty you know they work hard so they can get paid so they can get a truck so they can get a girl so they can take her down to the river and kiss her and that's pretty much the extent of their life 
Drinking that ice cold beer, talking about girls, talking about trucks, running them red dirt roads, kicking up dust. The boy's round here. He has this line, sending up a prayer to the man upstairs. Got my God spoke. We're backwoods, legit. We don't take no lip. Chew tobacco, chew tobacco, chew tobacco, spit. <laughs> it's, a very, it's deeper than it sounds. <laughs> but it does sum up life for a lot of people, you know? You just kind of throw in a little God and hope for the best you can. And there's a lot of songs that probably fit that third wheel. I can think of a lot of them. I don't know, Carrie Underwood, Jesus Take the Wheel, I don't know. But, but maybe I thought of the one my mom used to sing. Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day, and without Him I would fall. You take the hub out of my wheel, I got nothing. When I am sad, he makes me glad. He is my friend, but he's so much more. He's all the world to me. He's everything. He's not a spoke. He's not a rim. He's the hub. Another one we sing around here is called The Stand. We're going to sing it in just a minute. I'm going to invite you to make it your song and your statement before God today. It says, I stand with my arms held high, heart abandoned. You don't have to raise your heart, but I hope you'll abandon you. Or you don't have to raise your hands, but I hope you'll abandon your heart to the God today. In awe of the one who gave it all. So my soul is now to you surrendered, and all I am is yours. Friends, if you're one of those people that's been trying your best to live with God at the center as a hub of your life, I just want to encourage you today, will you recommit your life to make Jesus really infuse every one of your spokes. Put him at the center with all you are. And you live the kind of life so when you roll along, we can watch you and know what it looks like. Let me encourage you to recommit your life with all that you are to be a follower of Jesus. More than a friend, but a follower. And if you're living right now and you've been convicted by what I've said because you know God's, I guess basically a lot of times, a lot of days I think God is just a spoke for me. I want to encourage you to move Jesus from a spoke in your wheel to the hub of your life. And one by one, let him start speaking into the different spokes, tighten them up and getting them in rhythm, and you will, I promise you, will see your life more true and less wobbly. And if you're riding along on a wheel without God, I would encourage you, I'm so glad you're here to hear all this and be part of this. I, I would just say, maybe you've even noticed there's a part of you inside that's feeling like God is talking to you. I hope that that's true, or maybe you wouldn't be here. And I would encourage you not to make Jesus a spoke in your wheel as a, as a partial step. I would say, forget, don't waste your time on it. I would say, go right over. Put Jesus as the hub of your life. Step out in faith, and you won't be sorry. Let's pray. God, we ask for your help in all of this. We thank you for the clarity of your word that shows us that Jesus is more than spoke he says to be the hub of our life and we ask for courage and strength now as we stand and surrender to you god help us to turn over the spokes and let you infuse each one of them with your direction and power we pray all this in jesus name amen